Well, good morning. Welcome to Victory Life Church. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us today. And as you notice, I am not Pastor Otto. I am not Pastor Matt. And this is not our worship team. <laughs> but we are so thrilled to have this team here this morning. Um, back when I was a kid, a wee little lad, about seven, eight, nine, we used to have these concerts at the church called Solid Rock. Some of these guys who are here this morning were those guys who would put it together. And they are part of a band called Witness. One of the gentlemen who unfortunately has passed away, he's with the Lord today, Kenny Doles, some of you know. He was one of my mentors, and he was one of my musical leaders. And so he was part of this uh, original worship band, this original 80s rock band. They, are, they were so cool when I was growing up. When they'd come to solid rock and I'd see them jam, I was in all my glory as they would rock out. They were so good. And now they have a ministry which is going around and leading worship at other churches, giving some worship leaders a break, like myself. So I'm kind of happy this morning. Thank you guys very much. But also, I just wanted to tell you, these guys are so involved in world missions, too. <laughs> Throughout their history, they've done things in world missions. And today, you know that we are going to be studying and looking into some of the things we have at Victory Life Church in world missions. So we do have a picture of them. It won't be up until second service, I apologize, but it will be on the recording so you can go back and look at how awesome they looked in the 80s and just how much better they look now. So <laughs> would you stand with us? <coughs> Witness, we're so glad to have you here this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we're here to worship you. We're here to be in your midst, and you say that you inhabit the praises of your people. So if we open our mouths and if we worship, you will be in this place today and we will get to meet with you, our creator. So I pray, Lord, you be here in our presence as we worship you today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. <laughs> Oh, 
Praise the Lord. You know, uh, I'm going to do a few more songs, but I wanted to share something real quick. There's a couple scriptures that have been running through my mind, um, and I picked this one instead because this is one of my favorites. God has called us to this, and I know he called me directly to this. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. Man, I love this. He inclined to hear me and hear my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock. Making my steps secure, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous, wondrous deeds and thoughts towards us. None can compare to you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet there's too many to be told. Jeremiah also said, and this is, this man, it's like a fire in my bones. If I don't proclaim it, it's going to consume me. We should have that passion when we praise in this place, when we walk out of this place, and we serve the Lord because we serve him with every breath that we have. Amen. He gave it to us to use for his glory.
Everything that we read in your word that you've promised to us, Lord, as we just sang earlier, it is yes and amen. You're not a God who makes promises, empty promises, and doesn't fulfill them. You're not a God who leaves us alone. You're a God who cares about every moment and every breath that we have, every problem, every good time. You are so good, Lord. And Lord, as I said earlier, I've been serving you for so long, and it's just gotten greater, that passion and that fire. Lord, if I don't speak it, it'll consume me. You're such a good God. Give us that fire again, Lord. in love welcomes me 
together. Father in heaven, you are indeed so good to us. You were so good to us 2,000 years ago when you came into this world full of grace and truth, and you connected with us, you healed us, you redeemed us, you saved us. We are here this morning to be witnesses unto your goodness. Uh, may you demonstrate your goodness unto us as we continue to spend time together in this place of worship. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and all of God's people said together, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, witness. Can we give our worship band a clap again? Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Awesome job, guys. Thank you for being a witness to this world and shining your light all these years. We're so grateful that you're here with us this morning. Well, welcome once again. My name is Otto Ramos. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it's my great privilege to offer a brief uh, welcome to you today. If this is one of your first times joining us and you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church, you can do that by taking one of those communication cards that you can find on the seat back in front of you. You can fill that out, and if you have some free time afterwards, please come see me in the Welcome Center. We have a free gift for you just for attending this morning and worshiping with us today. I do have a few reminders and announcements for you uh, this morning. Uh, first is the fact that we have our baptism service coming up here in a couple of weeks. If you feel like God is prompting you to take that next step in your faith and you've never been immersed into Christ Jesus, now is the time to do it. You can get signed up to get baptized online at our website at vlchurch.com. If you're not tech savvy, just call the church and let us know that you want to get baptized. And uh, we look forward to that on Sunday, April 30th. Also, I want to mention that we're going to be starting another installment of Growth Track. Uh, Growth Track is a four-week class in which case you learn all about who we are as a church, what we believe as a church, how you can use your gifts here at Victory Life Church. And uh, if you'd like to sign up for that class, once again, you can go to our website and click on the banner that you see on the screen there and let us know that you'd like to be there on Sunday, May 7th and for the three weeks thereafter. Uh, next, I want to make mention of the various life groups that we have going on over these next several weeks to come. Uh, once again, you can uh, go to our website and click on a banner that you see there, life groups and classes, and you'll see a listing of a lot of different ones that are upcoming. Uh, we have some that are starting here in the next few weeks and some that are starting in the next month. We have some for men's, uh, for men's group, for women's group. We have some for both men and women. And so go to our, uh, our link there on our website and check the, check the groups and classes out. You'll also see posters all throughout the building that list these classes. So check them out over, the, over these next couple of weeks and get signed up for one. I have just a few more announcements this morning. And the, the next one is about our Mexico mission trip luncheon and auction that's going to happen on Sunday, April 30th. As you likely know by now, we're sending a group of folks down to Mexico to do a mission trip uh, this summer. And we're going to be raising funds for them. On Sunday, April 30th, we're going to have a, a luncheon and an auction, and uh, there'll be opportunity to bid on items to help raise monies for this group, and so we hope that you'll join us on Sunday, April 30th. Last, I want to mention that uh, this year we're going to be having a VLC community garden, 
And I have my notes here that I want to read to you so I don't get anything wrong. There's an info session today after church, um, but uh, there's going to be opportunities for individual plots in our community garden, um, as well as a community space for those wanting to spend a bit of time in nature, planting, watering, or pulling weeds. So as I said, there's an info session today down at the other end of the building in room 205, if this is your sort of thing, or if you want to learn more about this. We have a lot of land in our, in our backyard here, and we're going to utilize some of that land to have a Victory Life Church community garden, so we're really excited about that uh, this year. That's all I have this morning in the way of announcements. If you've come to worship the Lord Jesus with your tithes and offerings, you likely know what to do and how to do it. You can text to give, you can give online, or you can give as you exit the sanctuary this morning. But indeed, thank you for worshiping the Lord with your tithes and offerings. <sighs> That's all I have. <laughs> in the way of announcements today, but I'd like to ask you to direct your attention to the screen as we prepare to hear from some missionaries this morning. Take a listen. Well, good morning. 
I think most of you may know who I am. I'm Pastor Matt, and it's our great privilege this morning to get to welcome these wonderful people that we just heard about on this video today. That, that really good-looking dude in the North Face hat is right here this morning. He's not on a five-week trek into the mountains. And uh, we are so excited to introduce you today to some new missionaries that we're going to get to partner with, hopefully for years to come, in PJ and Lizzie and Naomi and Edra Niger. Would you welcome the Niger family with me this morning? Now, as is often the case when we're working or, or joining with missionaries in some other areas of the world, we have to be careful. Their security is paramount, and it's not always easy to go to places that are historically of a different religion or a, or a, different, type of, um, or a different type of culture. And so today, only in this place are you hearing from them. Our live stream is not going out this morning. As you oftentimes know, that's a hard thing for uh, folks to, to kind of retain some level of anonymity so they can go out and do the work that God's called them to do. And so it's good that you came this morning. I don't know what the people at home are watching right now, but we can say nan boo boo to them uh, because they don't get to hear from the Niger family this morning. So I just want to have an opportunity to get you to hear from them this morning ways that we can partner with them, pray with them, and just encourage them as the years go by. And so as you heard, they have been ministering among the Tzik people for many, many years, but I'm going to stop talking so they can talk. And so, PJ, Lizzie, can you just tell us a little bit about that call that you talked about at the end of the video? What have you been called to? What have you been doing these last, uh, boy, 18 years on the mission field? And uh, just kind of orient us to what you all have been doing. You're on it. They'll bring you up. All right. Great to be here with you all. Uh, thank you for having us. Thank you for partnering with us as well. Uh, our, we have really two main focuses in our work. Is it green? It's green. If it's green. Great, thank you. <laughs> Two main focuses over the past 18 years, and, and uh, one is church planning and discipleship along with that, of course. Those two go hand in hand. And uh, Bible translation. And so we've been working with this particular people group, the Tazik people, for the past 12 years. Uh, and during that time, doing both of those things, church planning and uh, Bible translation. And that has mostly been in the New Testament. And the New Testament translation now uh, is, uh, is complete and will be printed uh, this summer. That's incredible. I'm just going to talk loud. We'll leave the mics with you. So uh, that's, that's an incredible achievement in that this is, a, in some ways, a previously unreached people group that now can, is going to be able to read the New Testament in their language. So we got a good orientation for what it takes to get to these people, but you your family's also in a time of transition right now. And so tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with how things are in some other places, you know, particularly in Asia and parts of Africa and the Middle East, um, you can't just go in and say, I want to be a missionary here. They're, they don't really take too kindly to that. Um, and so you have to work um, or have some other platform for being in the country. And our platform in Nepal has been my work at an international mission school and um, they, they have some regulations around how many years you can work in the country, and that's to protect their national interests. And, excuse me, and my 
seven years has expired. It's finished. I, I'm not allowed to get any more. And so we really prayed as a family, seeking the Lord. Do you want us to try to stay here? Um, do you want us to try to stay here without a permit? What, what kinds of things would you might maybe be asking of us? And we really felt, all four of us, that God was calling us to, to move on to some other place and continue to work remotely in Nepal. And so our family will be moving to Malaysia in the middle of June, where I will be um, taking on a position at another international mission school. So describe for us kind of what the plan looks like as you get into Malaysia, but continue to work with the people that we just saw on the screen. So I'll start with what it looks like for me. For me, it looks like working at a school. It's about it's between 90 and 100 years old. It was started for the children of missionaries. However, their focus has you know, expanded over many years. And so I'll be the elementary principal at this international school. It's a similar role to what I had in my previous school. And um, I will be I'm excited about working with, you know, a lot of adults who are not believers that are from the local Malaysian community and how I can pour into their lives um, and support my family um, and making sure our kids get a great education, even though we're living overseas, um, and then also support the work that PJ will continue to do. Yeah, so uh, the good news is is that we're able to enter into Nepal uh, freely as tourists. And so we've, we've kind of lost our platform for living there permanently, uh, but we're able to, to visit as many times as we want, up to five months in a calendar year. And so that gives us quite a bit of freedom to go in and out of Nepal and to continue to work with our team there. Uh, our team there has been developing over these past 12 years, growing, increasing in ability. And so uh, our role as outsiders has changed over the 12 years and is continuing to evolve and change to where more and more we are really their support, their coaches, uh, and more of a mentor role, but not really doing um, what we'd consider the, the frontline work anymore because our local brothers and sisters in Christ are the ones who are doing most of that work, and we get to come alongside and provide coaching and ongoing help. And so we'll continue to do that. Uh, this year we, is a big year for us. We're uh, finishing up uh, work on the Jesus film, seeing the New Testament printed, finishing up recording of the New Testament, and also finishing up the second half of the book of Genesis uh, later on this year. So all that's going to happen working remotely and then also taking trips. Uh, you know, we'll see our team several times throughout the rest of this year, including next month, as I'll go to be with them for, uh, for two weeks uh, in May. And so we kind of see that as that's how it will continue going forward. We'll be living much closer than we are currently here in the U.S. and able to make trips back in to be with them for dedicated times of, of in-person coaching, mentoring, help, uh, but then also be able to work with them remotely as well. Now, I had seen uh, through some of our correspondence that you also have some work going on in India as well. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so especially as the many of the translation-related work with the Tazik people in Nepal is, is coming to a close, they're going to have the whole New Testament, they're going to have Genesis, the Jesus film. Uh, we, at, this, uh, at that time, seeing that that work was going to kind of slow up, we saw an opportunity to help a really large network of churches in India. They're in about 15 states in India, and they're a multiplying, growing group of churches, and they're getting into more and more communities that don't yet have access to the scripture in their language. And so I've begun working with uh, this network to help them uh, to get scripture access in every language where they have believers that are a part of their, their church network. And so even in this past year, we've done our initial discipleship set uh, in five new languages uh, in India. 
and we're working now on three more. Now, these are not whole New Testament translations. They're definitely whole Bible. We're just working on what's necessary for uh, their first 38 discipleship lessons, and then as we finish those, we're moving on to kind of the next set. Uh, but we're trying to keep ahead, if possible, of the need and provide uh, scripture access in audio and written, uh, even in some videos, um, uh, as, as the church network needs. And so I'm having a lot of fun working with teams across India right now, uh, helping them get uh, scripture in, in their language. Did you hear all that? I mean, absolutely incredible work that's going on. Absolutely God work. And I, I had the opportunity to look up your sending organization, which is called Beyond. And, and I didn't share this with you, but I, I did a little bit of fuzzy math, all right? Pastors shouldn't do math. I've told you this before. <laughs> but we, they, their organization sends out this uh, annual report as to what was given and how many people became disciples and how many people are living for Christ. And if I did my math correctly, don't, don't correct me if I didn't, <laughs> but, but with Beyond, for every $24 given, a disciple is made. That's an ROI for you money people, right? I mean, that is incredible. For every $24 that's given, uh, uh, somebody becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, but that doesn't happen because someone goes up there and, and hits their fist on a pulpit. It happens because people translate the word of God into the New Testament or the New Testament into their language or they get the Jesus film in their language or they go over the mountains and do begin to share about who Jesus is with these discipleship lessons. Now, I also found out in my office this morning that you two met on a missions trip. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to Mexico, <laughs> look out. So you can, you can meet people a lot of places, but apparently missions trips are the best place, are the best place. So um, talk to me a little bit about, and, and Naomi, Ezra, feel free to chime in. What are you, what are you expecting, uh, or what are you, th what are you thinking about is going to be part of the transition in going to Malaysia, just in terms of culture and uh, being ready for that? Well, we're entering into uh, a, a new season of learning. Uh, I think all of us should always be learning, but as, as missionaries serving cross-culturally, we are always learning. And so many times we start over and we go from feeling pretty confident in the language to being uh, babbling infants again. And we're about ready to enter that season of babbling infant again and start learning a new language. Um, but we also have to start learning a new way to do things and a new culture and a new way to relate with people. And we'll be living in a, in a state in Malaysia that is, uh, has quite a few Chinese Malay in it, so culturally Chinese with a kind of an older uh, Buddhist, uh, Taoist kind of point of view. And then uh, with a good bit of South Asians, mostly Tamil people from India, from a Hindu worldview, and then also the local Malay Muslim population. And so we'll uh, get to learn a whole lot of new cultures all in one state. Um, and so uh, that's one thing that we're, we're excited about, but also knowing that it's going to be a lot of work and uh, there are going to be a lot of bits of confusion and points of even contention along the way, and we'll have to navigate all that as well. 
And then just on a practical level, you know, starting over with your relationships and your friends and all of those things. That's something that we're all thinking about. How do we how do we navigate that? Because it's not fun to start over in new places. You know, it sounds fun, but it's not always fun. <laughs> So as you're, for those of you who have been at Victory Life for a while, the Nigers are new to us. They're, they're just, uh, you know, starting a partnership with us. So tell us how we can pray for you, encourage you, support you in the year to come. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, before I forget these two things, I'll mention them. They're out on the uh, table, uh, just outside on that rounded table. There are prayer cards. We'd love for you to grab one of these, slap it on your refrigerator or at your workplace or just anywhere you would remember to pray for us. You'd see us. Um, so please grab one of these on your way out. Also, we send out updates uh, every Tuesday morning. We try to keep a really consistent uh, communication and every single week give you something specific to pray for. Uh, and so if you'd like to sign up to receive those updates, there's our, our email is on the prayer card. Just send us an email, and we'll give you the instructions on how to sign up for that. We'd love for you to get those. Uh, some things that you could pray for right now, definitely for our transition. We are departing from the States on June 14th, so we're a little under uh, two months away until we start this new adventure. Uh, so you can pray for that transition. That's, that's a big one. Uh, but also pray for uh, the work that's happening, especially right now with the Tazic people and with the translation things that are all, uh, uh, it's all coming to uh, kind of fruition. Everything is getting ready to be produced and released uh, completely. We've had every book of the Bible and some in audio as well in a Bible app for a number of years, uh, but now we're going to have the printed one. You can pray for that whole process. That file to be printed will be sent to uh, the printer in just a, another week or two once we get final approval. And you can really just pray, for, especially for the timeline. We'd really like it to be done and printed by the end of July. So that's a real specific thing you can pray for, is that we'd have high-quality, good New Testament hard copy printed by the end of July. The printer says no problem, uh, but I don't know if you've ever worked with these kind of things. There's always hiccups along the way, and you can really pray that this would not be a time for hiccups and, and complications, but things would be done on time, and we'd have those uh, copies of the New Testament by the end of July specific that does give us some ways to pray and so today i really encourage you as you're walking out today at the very least get one of these cards so that you can be praying for this family uh they're going to be in the lobby ezra and naomi are incredible conversationalists which i found out in my office this morning and so feel free uh kiddos to, to ask them about a little bit about what they'll be doing but stop by, get one of those. And I do not doubt that in a, in a group of this size, some of you who have historically supported missionaries would say, you know what, maybe my missionary came off the field or maybe I, I have uh, some extra that I can participate in world missions. Uh, they would not say no because 
uh, our missionary partners always, always, always could use every type of love and affection and support that we can partner with them in. And so if God's laid that on your heart today, don't walk out the door before finding out how you can do that. But would you just join me in a word of prayer over this family? And we're just going to thank God for what they're doing and what God's doing through them. And, of course, here at Victory Life, we like to stretch a hand towards those we pray for. So would you stretch a hand towards them today? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for PJ. We thank you for Lizzie. We thank you for Naomi. We thank you for Ezra. We thank you that they are on the great adventure that you have called them to in this life. They have heard the call, and they are continuing to answer it. God, they have deadlines. They have things they want to accomplish all for your glory and for your kingdom. Lord, I pray they'd reach them. Lord, I pray that you'd bring help along the way that needs to come. And Lord, as they make this great transition to this new culture and this new place, oh God, I pray that there would be ministering angels who come alongside them, people that they do not even yet know about, who will love them and care for them and esteem them, make them feel welcome and at home. I pray, Lord, that they'd look back a year from now and say, Lord Jesus, what a transition how many people you sent into our path that blessed us and loved us and cared for us, even if they didn't know they were serving you. God, I pray that you would be with them. I pray that you would meet all of their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus and that you would be with them wherever they go. As they go up into the mountains over the course of the next year, I pray for even more fruit as they look out over the landscape of what God you have built. And Father God, I pray once more that we would get to partner with them, praying for them, encouraging them, sending them messages of care and support. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much. It's my opportunity right at this time to say, kids, you may be dismissed for young disciples, so you can head out the door at this moment and uh, get a little bit more about world missions on your level. And I also going to introduce to you our missions director who's going to be sharing with us from the Word of God just how we as a church desire with all our heart to be partners with and support folks in missions work. Would you welcome now our missions director, Bill Anderson. Thank you. It's great to hear what they are doing, isn't it? Man, so much. Um, we have been talking about the Apostle Paul for the last couple months, and we're going to continue that with a missions theme this morning. I'll try not to uh, go too long here, uh, but we will talk, um, going to be in Philippians 4. Um, <clears throat> when you look at the life of Paul, he did so much, but you know what Paul would actually be if you said, what are you, Paul? He would say, I am a missionary. That's what he was. He, he was a preacher and all these other things, but truly he was a missionary. It is estimated that he walked about 10,000 miles during his missionary journeys. So that's kind of like walking from New York to L.A. four times. Now, I don't know, PJ, if you ever keep track of, do you keep track of your miles? Okay, when you get to 10,000, you can retire. So there you go. Um, but we're going to look at this letter from Paul that is really a letter from a missionary to his supporting church. That's what this letter is about. And we're just going to go through it a little bit, Philippians 4, 10 through 19, and look at how the Philippians church partnered with Paul and how we can take that and model that as a church. 
So we're going to start with, they were concerned for Paul. So we're going to read uh, Philippians verse 10, chapter 4. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had not, no opportunity to show it. They were concerned. They were worried. They were anxious about him. How often are we concerned, worried, anxious about our missionaries? We need to be. Uh, the one thing that I've always thought about missionaries, it's going to sound kind of strange, the problem with missionaries is that they're missionaries. And now you say, what do you mean? Well, they come here, they talk, we get so excited about what they're doing, but then they go and they be missionaries, and they leave us. And unfortunately, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately. We get excited about what they're doing, they leave, and we don't see them for one, two, three years. In fact, sometimes when they come home, People will say, and we have them back at the church, oh, I remember them. They were here like three years ago. I'm like, yeah, but were you involved in what they were doing? Were you concerned about what they were doing over there for the last three years? So we should be concerned about our missionaries. It actually says in here that they renewed their concern for him, and in the ESV it says they revived their concern for him. At some point, they kind of stopped being concerned for him, or, or at least they didn't get anything to him to show their concern. In fact, Paul kind of says, well, maybe, uh, you know, being the nice missionary is, maybe you just couldn't get anything to me. Maybe that's why you stopped supporting me, right? We don't have that problem here today. You know that? We can get on an email and send something to our missionaries. We can... Get on the website, do some support, boom, they have it within weeks. And we can get an email back from them about what they need prayer for, like today, and we can pray for them immediately. There's no reason for us to have our missionaries out of sight, out of mind. Amen? Number two, supply their needs. I've always encouraged our missionaries to be over-supported. Missionaries go through enough without having to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Let's read Philippians 4:11. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. So he is saying, I am not saying this because I'm in need, but he was. He was in prison, right? I would say he's probably in need. Because I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Later on, he says, I am amply supplied. He wasn't. Not by our standards, anyway. In fact, I will bet that Paul probably didn't even have a 401k. And I will bet that he probably didn't have his three months of emergency fund in some bank in Rome. C compared to us, he was not amply supplied. 
but we are amply supplied. And we need to take those gifts that God has given us and give them back in the way of support for our missionaries. See, Paul's heart, he just said, I'm amply supplied, and that's what I hear from our missionaries all the time. I ask them, what do you need? I asked PJ and Lizzie when I first met them, what do you need? You know what they said? More prayer partners. That's what they told me. Now, for me, as a missions director guy, I'm like, okay, that's fine, but what do you need? More prayer support. That's what they need. So we need to make sure that um, our missionaries are amply supplied. Number three, share in their troubles. And verse 14 says, yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. How do we share in a missionary's troubles? By prayer. We get that update from them, and we can pray right away for their needs. Number four, take it upon yourself to get involved. Verse 15, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited for your account. Not one church shared in the matter of giving except you. How sad is that? How discouraging that must have been for the Apostle Paul to actually go. He goes to these churches all over Asia and Europe. He ministers to them. He works with them. He builds their church up. He mentors them. And it's kind of at the end, he's like, okay, I wonder if maybe they're going to kind of get involved here. And then he's like, okay, we'll see. And they're like, thanks, Paul. Thanks for coming. Write us an encouraging letter sometime. Thanks, you know. And there he goes. He's gone. And they didn't get involved at all. We need to make sure that we meet the needs of our missionaries. You know, they could use all the funds that we could send them. You know that? Because what it means, it doesn't mean if they have extra money that he's going to buy, PJ's going to have a sports car here at home that when he comes home on furlough, he can tool around in. It would go for more Bibles. It would go for helping churches be built. That's what missionaries do with extra funds. We need to make sure our missionaries are over-supported. Number five is the last point, verse 18 and 19. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphrodites the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet your needs according to his glories and riches. They are a fragrant offering. Isn't that great words? I brought some flowers into our, some hyacinths into our house yesterday. I came down this morning, and right away, I smelled them. And I'm like, wow, that's what our gifts are to these missionaries. They are a fragrant offering, acceptable to God. 
If you aren't supporting a missionary this morning, I encourage you to get involved somehow, whether that's praying for them, whether that's sending them encouraging emails, whether that's supporting them. There are letters, not only from PJ and Lizzie, but there are letters from some of our other missionaries out there that you can grab and get on their mailing list. Send them an email. Say, please, put me on your mailing list. Get involved. Don't let these missionaries be out of sight, out of mind. It's not fair to them for us to do that as a church. You can also support the short-term missions trip that's going to happen. Those thermometers out there are kind of short. They need to get taller. And you can support our missionaries that are going down to work with the churches in Mexico. And I will um, <clears throat> conclude with this. William Carey was considered the father of modern missions. And at that time, right at the turn of the 19th century, he, the Protestants really weren't doing much in missions. They weren't that involved. And he kind of got a group together and he said, we need to do more to take the gospel to these outer areas that none of us have ever been to. So they did that. And after they got it all done, they said, okay, we're all ready. Now what about a missionary? And so he prayed about it, and he said, you know what? I'm willing to go. And he ended up going to India, was there for 40 years, never came back to England, never came back, gave his whole life for the gospel. But this is what he said. He said, I'll go under one circumstance. And this is how he said it. I will go to the pit if you will hold the rope. I will go to the pit if and only if you will be back here holding the rope for me. PJ and Lizzie, they can't go if people aren't back here holding the rope for them. Daniel and Sierra can't be in Africa if people aren't holding the rope. And Paul couldn't go unless the church of Philippi was holding the rope for him. It's interesting when you think about none of these other churches were involved in his ministry. And I believe this, these trips that he went on could have been larger. This book could have been thicker if more churches would have partnered with him. Thank God the Church of Philippi did. You know, we aren't the biggest church. And, and the Philippi church was not the biggest or most influential church that Paul went to. They were different than him. He was Jewish and they were Gentiles, but they saw his vision, got behind him, and made it possible for him to do these missionary journeys. We aren't the biggest church. We can't give millions of dollars like some of these mega churches to missions. But you know what we can do? We can be the most influential church for these missionaries that we support. We can get uh, behind them. We can send them. How encouraging would it be if 10 people a week sent something to PJ and Lizzie and they said, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Don't expect anything back from them. They're busy. But just say, I just want you to know I prayed for you today. That's what we need to do as a church. Get behind our missionaries.
And I encourage you to do that this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for what we are seeing in this family, what they're doing around the world, bringing the gospel to people that will never, will never have the opportunity to hear it unless they go. Never have the opportunity to hear it unless they are going. Lord, help us to hold the rope for them. Help us to get around them. Help us to minister to them as a family. And be there, Philippians Church, like they were to Paul, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been my favorite church service in forever. <laughs> so much good has happened here. We're so grateful to witness for playing for us. We're going to have them back to do a concert on the hillside for us this summer and, and just rock out. And uh, we're excited about that. I hope you'll stop in the lobby today and talk with PJ and Lizzie and Ezra and Naomi. Such an incredible opportunity to find out about what God's doing in the world. You didn't know it was happening before you came to church today. And now you know what God's been doing. It's been incredible. And, of course, Bill just preached a sermon that touched my heart in about 16 minutes. Well done, Bill. So I hope it touched yours, too. I hope you're ready to hold the rope. I hope you're ready to hold the rope. We ought to hold the rope. We can do that. We can do that. Why don't you stand? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the heart, for Christ's heart that's been displayed in this place today. The heart of the Lord Jesus, which is to minister to God's people and to reach more people that they might become Jesus' people. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to use those who have ministered before us today mightily. And we pray, Lord, that you would use us to partner with others to minister mightily. Send us from this place full of your spirit, and with your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.